On today's episode of Shooting the Breeze, Marching Review. Illinois finally out of drought, even though it wasn't much to begin with. It's a plus. We've had some beneficial rain over the last couple of weeks. And earlier this week, we had our first tornado of the 2021 storm season. So we'll talk about all that and more. Sit back, relax, and let's shoot the breeze with your local weather authority. Well, hello, everybody. I'm your local weather authority, Chief Meteorologist Chris Yates, joined by meteorologist Molly Naisland. Hello. And meteorologist Adam Sherwinski. Howdy. How you guys doing? We're good. Yeah. You guys have a good week? Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. Been better. Been Be- much worse. Been better, been worse. We, I give it a B. I give it a B. We, we know what fun I had on Thursday, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so a lot of cool things. Uh, this is episode, by the way, what are we, episode eight? eight? Yes, mm-hmm. episode eight. We're almost at 10. We can do it. We can. We can do it. It's an exciting time of year. Um, A, for different, I mean, number one, it's weather-wise, a lot of things start to happen in the spring. Less snow. Woo! Less snow. Although, I I was asked the other day, are we done? And I'm like, yeah, let's wait a little longer. There's always something that comes in at the end of, so we'll see. Uh, What's the rule of thumb at Mother's Day, typically? Yeah. yeah, May first. That's when you can start planting, supposedly. Yeah, although mm-hmm. there are some fruits and vegetables you can already start planting right now. Well, there you go. Yeah, the you don't want me touching your plants. <laughs> I've been known to kill potted plastic plants. <laughs> don't ask me. Wait, how. wait, like the fake plastic plants? Oh yeah, I can kill those too. I usually they fall down, they get. Or they inadvertently get watered. Chris, they're, um, already, they're, next, they're already dead. Next, um, I'm just, next, exactly. pod, next podcast topic, how does Chris Yates kill fake plants? There we go. Yeah. Burn them with fire. Uh, Goodness. I <laughs> know. Uh, anyway, uh, so, yeah, uh, speaking, let's go, uh, speaking of watering plants, uh, even though it wasn't a terrible drought, we were dealing with some low and moderate drought conditions across uh, a portion of central Illinois over the past couple of months, and for the first time since, I say, uh, middle of August, the state of Illinois is drought-free, aside from some abnormally dry conditions, but that's okay. So go us. If I had a celebratory clap, we'd do it. Here we go. Ta-da. Yeah. So that's cool. I mean, we picked up some rainfall. Uh, areas south of I-74, by the way, over the last month, they're picking up anywhere from about 100 to 200% of normal rainfall, so... That's pretty good. Yeah. Picking up the slack, basically. We are. We're starting to clean up a little bit. Now, the north, we have to watch. Now, they picked up so much rain and and snow earlier during the winter months. Mm -hmm. They're okay for now. I noticed that when most of our forecasts when we were doing snowfall, a lot of it was along I-80 was where Mm -hmm. we were seeing our best chance They could not catch a break this year. Oh, yeah, no. Holy moly. No. And And the good news is they haven't had any, we haven't had any heavy spring snows up there, which has actually been a problem the last couple of years because that always led to flooding you know along the illinois river this year so far we've done okay there's been some flooding uh down near havana mm-hmm. um we are currently as we speak they're in a minor flood stage but the river levels projected to rise a little bit more uh, areas further north not so much we're doing okay 
So far, so good. So far, so good. So we'll hope it stays that way heading into the spring months and uh, as our storm season starts to ramp up. Uh, speaking of storm season, we had our first tornado of the season on Tuesday. We certainly did. I was not happy about it. Nobody, I, was, I don't think anybody's ever happy about that. But. No, but it's interesting because I think earlier that day or the day before, someone asked about severe weather, and I said, no, it doesn't look. And I don't think there was any warnings on it, was there, Chris? No, there were no warnings. And I'm not, it's not the weather services. That, these type of tornadoes, because that, that was the number one question. When I saw it, uh, let's go back to how that all kind of played out, and then we'll kind of go into why there was no warning. So I was on desk. Uh, it was 10:28. Getting, you know, the, the newscast is ending, and I've got my phone up because that's what I do when I'm watching a lot of storms come through. Is I'm just making sure nothing stupid happens, like like it did in, <laughs> they did on Tuesday. And I'm like, well, that's an interesting little signature. <laughs> so I'm like, well, keep an eye on it. And so we get on, and I'm like, hey, if you're Mason County, there looks like there's something interesting on radar. I'm seeing it might get some stronger winds there, and we'll keep an eye on it. By the time I get off desk, a minute later. I see a couplet. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's not good. And then the uh, correlation coefficient data starts to feed in. And I'm like, there's a debris ball. That's really not good. That means we have a tornado on the ground. Now, by that point, it's 10, um, 1034 by the time I see that debris ball. And I, I, I shoot a message out to the West Service. Like, hey, that's a, do you guys see that in Mason County? And then the next scan comes in, and it's all gone. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I mean, you still see a little bit of debris on the correlation coefficient, but the the rotation signature, the TVS, tornado vortex signature, is gone. It's just I'm like, okay. And um, so we and we we you know, we dive into we start looking back, and when you have time to go back and look, you know, like, oh yeah, yeah, there definitely was a tornado there. It was visible for maybe one scan, and then it you know it was gone. So by the time we saw it. When the National Weather Service then goes out and does their survey, it turns out they found damage. Uh, the damage that I saw, or what the re, the couplet I saw, was the tail end of the tornado. Mm. It was at that was at ten thirty four. The data came in from ten thirty four. That was where I saw the TVS and then the debris signature. So that was the tail end of it. The tornado was actually on the ground six minutes prior to that, but the couplet on radar six minutes prior to that did not look. Anything that you would even remotely warn as a, as a tornado warning. Uh, so these type of now there are some things that you can do ahead of time and go well and you know under different circumstances. Let's say we had a lot more instability available and we with the shear we had, then more than likely you would have had a a preemptive tornado warning issued for that. But we had almost no instability, especially temperatures are cooling. You know it, it just hit a pocket and and so. Uh, it, the rotation, it, honestly, if if it happened any further away from the radar site, we probably would not have would not have seen it mm-hmm. because it was that it's just a shallow. A, they're low top storms to begin with. There's hardly any lightning. Uh, now the interesting thing was uh, there was an uptick in lightning right before that tornado developed. So that's again, if you see an uptick, a sudden uptick in lightning, and by a sudden uptick, I mean like I had three strikes. But considering that there were no strikes. Prior to that, mm-hmm. you saw you're like, hey, this thing is probably intensifying, and that's kind of what drew my attention to it to begin with. And I'm like, hey, we might get some stronger winds out of this. Now, good news is nobody was hurt. It came in as an EF zero, 
Um, Wasn't most of it through a field? And it was through a field, which is that's so no not much damage. The the damage that they measured or or saw uh, was uh, where power poles snapped at the base, and that's how they were able to get their eighty mile per hour wind estimate. And that was right where the tornado touched down. And when you looked at that uh, that cross street, and you look at, and you go back to the ver- uh, and you look at the radar signature, and you find. Wow, this thing actually developed a lot sooner than, you know, than it looked. Because if it, if you because what happens if the National Weather Service would have issued the warning when they saw that little couplet and that little debris signature, and then you would have been issuing a warning well in Townsville County when there was no threat. And mm. now you've just done it and made people mad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now they're seeking shelter for no reason. Yeah, I mean that was one of those. It was uh, the briefest, like a blink mm-hmm. almost. I mean, like as you said, because I watched it from home. I remember I texted you. I was like, "Hey, do you need anything?" And you're like, "Oh no, I got it." And I was looking at my phone because I remember there was an uptick in wind at my apartment. And I hear the rain coming down. I was like, "That's the first time I really hear it come down, really pick up here at the apartment." I looked and I was like, "Hmm." And I saw you post something on Facebook about it, and I was like, "Okay." And I look at my uh, I pull up radar scope because as I, as a meteorologist does uh, when they're bored, pull it up, look, and I'm like, "Sure enough, wow, they're." There was a couplet there, and I, I was even, I was on the, on the front of, uh, I was playing PlayStation with a friend, and over the mic I said, there, there was a couplet. Uh, Chris thinks there's a tornado, and, I, and she was like, "Wow, is it still going?" I'm like, "It's gone now. That couplet was there <laughs> and gone." So yeah, these are we have these a couple of times, and in particular, that part of our viewing area gets for the last couple of years. We've had these a lot down there. I was these- just thinking that. When I saw your posts and stuff earlier this week, because, you know, hi, everyone, I was asleep. Because, um, you know, um, I saw that. I was like, didn't didn't we just talk about something like that happening, like, in one of our last podcasts yeah, it, we had? Oh, it happened. You know, Fulton, Mason, and Tazewell counties is where, the, over the last couple of years, we have had what these are called, if you want the technical term, uh, quasi-linear convective system tornadoes. There. Say that five times fast. Quasi-linear convective systems. That's one. Q- Why did you have to whisper it? Why did we have to whisper it? I'm trying. I don't know. It, QLCS is 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 the uh, is what we is the short term hand uh, shorthand term. Yeah. QLCS. Uh, anyway, these are they're they're not like supercells, and so with supercells, and this is what we had. So the tornado threat that day was higher along the Mississippi River, and if you were watching storms earlier in the day, well, they were spinning like tops as they were crossing the Mississippi. And they got they were issued warnings, and then they would produce brief tornadoes, and then left. That was where the conditions were. There was more instability. Um, the shear was obviously pretty good. We had the same type of shear. We just didn't have the instability. Um, but that those were supercells, so you can actually see the the entire storm was rotating uh, for those, and those are easy to warn, so you get good lead time on the warnings. These these are these you don't get that. You you get uh, wind coming out from the back of the storm, and it rushes out ahead faster than some of the air passing just to the north and that causes the air to spin and so you get that little bit of rotation at the base you get a little tornado and it doesn't last long but it's enough to cause some damage would that be uh could you even say if you were at a tub of water and you had some soap and you cut right through with your finger you get those little yep. vortices on the side same thing like that? Yeah, yep that's what yep. i was figuring uh watch a ship float by you get mm-hmm. the little eddies behind it mm-hmm. yeah it's the same type of Concept. Now, there's thing again. There's things that you can do to you can look at condition wise, and 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 we've I've seen the weather service do this, uh, even here. Um, when you have more instability available, they will preemptively issue warnings for that because uh, when you calculate certain uh, wind speeds aloft relative to the orientation of the line, you can kind of 
forecast that, hey, there's probably going to be a tornado there. With that instability or the lack thereof, you're like, yeah, it's doing that motion, but is there enough instability for it to even do anything? That's happened in Joplin when we had a couple of our tornadoes uh, down there because all of them became linear. We had, we've had we had supercells, obviously, but right. there's a couple times where it became linear. No one really expected a tornado threat, and there wasn't a high tornado threat. But we got two, one or two little ones, and, you know, there we go, all because of QLCS is just yep. pushing on through. And a little spin up, a little bit of damage, maybe an EF1, EF0, and that's about it. And honestly, if it wasn't for the uh, for the debris ball and the uh, and the couplet seen on radar, they might have. And they and it was originally reported as wind damage. It was it was until the post storm analysis that said, okay, now we can we can see the damage relative to the couplet, and now we can say it's tornado. Mm-hmm. And again, it, it was just a you get the radar doesn't see everything, and that tornado was on the ground. Even though we had two or three scans of it, it just. Where the radar was sampling, the rotation where the radar was hitting in the clouds, which was between 800 feet and 1,000 feet, the rotation there was not very strong. But the rotation below that 800-foot level was a bit stronger, and it was able to produce that tornado. Did the National Weather Service say for how long it was on the ground? Yeah, so it was, uh, time-wise, it was, it, it touched down at 1028. It lifted at 1034, and it traveled about just over two miles. That's a lot for. I mean, that's pretty far it, for just two miles. Right. It, it, so it it was drifting more, kind of. It wasn't moving as fast as I as I thought it was because the line started picking up speed. And again, I was measuring out where uh, my estimate was based on where it was when I first saw the signature, and by then the line had sped up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And this one was, was also unique because you can see. The rain rushed ahead of it. The tornado was still behind it. Mm. <laughs> it was it was it was kind of an interesting little little thing. I mean, meteorologically uh, meteorologically speaking, that's everyone's favorite word. Oh, sometimes I have a hard time just saying meteorologist. <laughs> it, w- it won't come out. Uh, but yeah, uh, so yeah, kind of interesting there. Uh, so we had the the first ones out of the way, and that was a very very conditional marginal threat. But we did get our first tornado, and we'll get more of those unfortunately over the year. It just happens. Yep. Um, Tis the season. It is. Uh, drought conditions have been alleviated uh, for the most part. We'll see if that continues. I think the weather pattern is going to start to dry up here before too long, but, you know, it's it's not going to stay dry. It's going to continue off and on. And then, uh, of course, uh, while we're still here, let's go ahead and just kind of send our thoughts and prayers down to those in the southeast. Mm-hmm. Uh, folks have not been able to catch a break. Nope. In the last two weeks, was it a week and one day between two high risks? It was it was eight Crazy. days, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. And yesterday's I think was a definitely one you could say. I mean, people I had talked to people like, oh, did it verify for a high risk? And uh, you and I talked about it in the weather center the other day, whether the first one verified or not, and we both agreed it did. Um, but it just depends on what you're looking at. And the second one, there's no doubt in my mind. Yeah. Especially when I saw some of those videos, I was like, there's no doubt in my mind that that was a high risk day for sure. Yeah, it. But it's just tough because you get the same. You get the same areas being hit over and over again. Mm-hmm. It, it wears on them. And, and look, the southeast is different than it is. You know, they they don't have a lot of below ground shelters down there. Um, uh, thankfully, a lot of people actually have installed mm-hmm. shelters and have dug them into the ground a little bit. But there's not much. There's no. There's not many basements, and it's all below the water table there. So it's. Last time I checked, I think there was three, maybe four deaths from uh, five. Last five. Five. It's five now. Wow. Yeah. It, oh, it's it's heartbreaking. A um, couple of them, 
my understanding is there was three members of a family mm-hmm. had died in a, it was a wood-framed home. I'm not sure how well-constructed it was, but, um, and then uh, I believe two were in, I could be wrong about this, but uh, we're, in, we're in mobile homes for, I, for I, temporary type shelter. I do remember um, as of this morning on Friday that we're recording it, we did a live interview with one of the reporters from Alabama, and it was a family that passed away in yeah. a home. Um, and they said that the damage for the whole area was ranging from just shingles missing from homes to complete leveling. Yeah, and uh, that's how tornadoes work. It's amazing how they do kind of, you know, the damage will will vary from block to block, from house to house, neighbor to neighbor. It's that, you know, you get caught under the wrong swirl, you know, and... Uh, the terrain there in Alabama is quite hilly. It's obviously very full of trees. And, mm-hmm. and so if you're just on the wrong facing slope of a hill, who knows? There's a number of reasons for that. But uh, anyway, thoughts and prayers are extended out to the southeast. And uh, hopefully they get some time here to for things to calm down. I know they have some more chances for severe weather, but it's not of this magnitude over the next uh, couple of days. Right. Get a chance uh, to clean up and... And it's it's a friendly reminder, too. Uh, We show these storm outlooks, and it's easy to get caught under which side of some sort of arbitrary line drawn by a meteorologist that you're on. At the end of the day, the storms aren't going to follow the lines. They're not going to follow the outlook boundaries. Uh, Just because you're not in, let's say, uh, let's say you were in the high risk, just because you were in the moderate or the enhanced or even the slight risk doesn't mean severe weather won't happen to you. It just means the coverage of storms will be less. Your chances are of being impacted are less, but it's not to say they will be less severe. Uh, remember that we had in 2018 our worst December tornado outbreak under a slight risk in Illinois. Mm-hmm. Okay, and there was an F3 out of that. So, you know, the risk areas are good, they're a good way to kind of highlight. Uh, I saw this analogy uh, from another Met uh, relaying these outlooks to kind of a pasture, you know, saying, hey, this is where we can keep the cows in cage, you know, located, but, and they, but they, can, they can move freely anywhere within that. So when he, anywhere within that marginal to high risk, there will be cows. We have a good feeling because we put all the food in the middle that this is where they're going to be. But you will, of course, get those that stray. Mm-hmm. And so I often rec- uh, call it a boiling pot of water. And so it's our job to kind of predict where the first bubble is going to pop up in that boiling pot of water. We give you the we give you the pot by giving you the the overall thunderstorm outlook, and then we kind of try to narrow down where more of those bubbles are going to be, and w- which ones are going to be the strongest. Uh, that's not perfect, um, but uh, yeah, be, we've you know just remember that as we get into storm season that just because you are one or two miles outside of a certain line doesn't mean the threat doesn't exist. And so there's a lot of people who can build up some sort of uh, complacency because of that. You know, when we are forecasting severe weather, we'll, we'll try to narrow down who has the greater potential. But and a lot of the questions are, well, Peoria is in this threat, but what does it mean for East Peoria? It's all the same. <laughs> it's all the same. I said the only differences we'll have are from – the one far end of our viewing area to the other. That's where you're going to see drastic, mm-hmm. or potentially, uh, changes in intensity and stuff. 
And that's only if we can do that. There's not, we may not be able to do that with every single storm. So just things to keep in mind as you, uh, as we head into storm season. Anything else you guys like to add? Well, I know that we're looking at our next chances for Saturday. Yeah, if you an eye on them. Yeah, if you get a chance to listen to this before Saturday, um, we do have a chance. Again, this is one of those. It, it's not a great chance, but if you're, you know, the way it looks east of the Illinois River. In fact, let me pull up, um, see where things were looking based on our latest uh, stuff. And yeah, that still holds true. So, you know. They actually expanded the marginal further west. I'm not surprised by that. Mm -mm. But um, anyway, so yeah, we'll have a chance for some stronger storms on Saturday. So if you're listening to this Saturday morning, hello, you got a chance for some strong storms this afternoon. Excuse me. Not expecting much tornado, uh, tornado, tornado activity, Uh, but there is a chance for some hail and gusty winds. So just be prepared. We are. We'll be here. Or at least Adam will be. Yeah, Adam will be here. Hey. And we'll be here. And if it gets to obviously gets to that point, we're on standby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, we're uh, here. That we're not anticipating it. I mean, I've already got other plans made. They can be broken, but I've got plans made. So if they, uh, you know, if the weather goes south, I was going to be here anyway. Regardless. Adam's going to be here no matter what. Yeah. And I've seen his storm cover stuff. He's good. Um, but. Oh, Chris, you're, <laughs> you're too kind. Yeah. You're too kind. <laughs> anyway, all right, folks. Uh, storm season's here. Stay safe. Uh, another message, uh, we are not ready to uh, discount any more chances of snow. I'm just going to say this. There were some models hinting at snowflakes next week. Uh-oh. That hurts I, me. I almost violently pulled the power cord out of my computer, but that would have been bad. Let's not do that Let's not again. Do that. <laughs> that might be a topic <laughs> for another day. Oh, my goodness. You know, <laughs> we did talk about it uh, on Go the ahead. morning show. Go ahead and debrief us. You went we, through it. Uh, so... Uh, We'll give the quick backstory here. So the station responsible for the power here at WMBD uh, has been having some problems. We have been having a couple of blackouts. They've been very brief, uh, but, you know, that can't really be a thing. We were informed on relatively short notice, which is not necessarily anyone's fault, that they were going to be shutting off our power for about three hours uh, right in the middle of the morning show shift from about 1.45 to 4.45, uh, which isn't not the biggest thing because we can always work around that. The downside is that our weather system uh, needs to be constantly updating in order to pull in information. And when it's turned off, it's not doing that. So I was the one responsible bright and early in the morning to make sure everything got back up and running. We only ran into one problem that took a full two hours to get it back up and running. The cameras were not cooperating. Oh, yeah. They were not cooperating, which is okay. We got everything up and running. Uh, we were just blaming it on tech gremlins for the rest of the day. But that was an exciting thing to come into. And we, uh, for those of you who are watching WMBD this morning, you know that we didn't get on the air until 6 o'clock. So. That, I was still impressed that you guys were able to get back. That, you know, a lot of our graphics, you know, it all feeds through Internet. Mm-hmm. And funny thing is, the Internet don't work <laughs> when you don't have any power. Yeah, that's it's so, funny how that goes. So, so and and. It takes a long – the amount of data that feeds into our computers, for those who don't know, is a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a huge pipe of information. And so for it to play catch-up, I mean, computers can handle it, but it, it takes a long time to get all that model data, the satellite, radar data, all that information uh, information in. Oh, uh, speaking of radar data, uh, National Weather Service's radar site down in Lincoln is going to be down, I think, till the end of next week. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, they're doing some maintenance, routine maintenance. Yeah, they're doing their their big updates yeah. right now. Uh, for those of you who are wondering if, and I was already asked, is this going to impact um, our ability to cover storms? I said, in some ways, it will. It's it's more around here. I think we're we're grateful that we actually have such great radar coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, we have pretty decent coverage between Chicago, um, Davenport provides pretty good look. And then, obviously, uh, we also get good stuff from St. Louis and Indianapolis. Chicago and Davenport are great. I, I say that because I've gone through maintenance routines in out west where your nearest radar site is 200 miles away. And now that is where it's a problem. Oh, goodness. That we're, we're, that's not so much here. So uh, we are uh, we're good. We'll be fine. It's more of a nuisance. We don't like it any more than anybody else. But, hey, if we want that radar to... Keep doing its thing and not fail when you need it most. You got to get the maintenance done. So mm-hmm. uh, you're going to not have access to that for at least uh, for the for the next week or so. Um, nothing's wrong with our with your app if you're using uh, depending on what app you're using. If you're using our CI Proud to Go Weather app, uh, you'll still have coverage there because it brings in composite stuff and, mm-hmm. and loads it in. So I uh, believe that'll do it for our podcast. Um, as of of course, uh, we got to leave you all with a corny joke. All right. You all ready? Mm-hmm. As we head into spring, I thought this would be good. Many of you may want to take a bike ride. So why did the bike fall over? It was too tired. Mm-hmm.